You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Paranormal Portal. I'm your host, Brent Thomas, uh, and uh, we're going to go on a journey into Bigfoot. We're going to explore Bigfoot tonight. we got a lot of Bigfoot stuff on the roster uh, because I know you guys like Bigfoot. In fact, I'd say our audience is primarily a cryptozoological audience. Like, you guys like your creature features, your creatures and your beings and things that are out there wandering around. Uh, I know you like the ghosts and the UFO stuff, too, but I, I think there's, you know, there's no doubt this is a Bigfoot audience primarily, so I, I'm doing what we can to keep you guys ap- actively entertained and to uh, hopefully bring you the shows you want to see. And uh, uh, if you're not a Bigfoot fan, pay attention because, you know, maybe maybe we'll cover some stuff that'll make you go, hmm, that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, it's not my objective ever for the show to make you believe something, but it is my objective to at least show you some ideas that are out there, and uh, hopefully you'll agree that... At least they're plausible. All right, folks, we are at it now. It's official. We're underway here on the Paranormal Portal. And as always, please keep your arms, legs, and the different appendages inside of the vehicle at all times. Because if you don't, you might pull back a stump. That's all I'm saying. We can't be held responsible for what happens outside of the car as we traverse through the journey. But we should probably dive into some noose. Noose? Let's do the noose. time for the noose. The noose. Welcome to the Paranormal Portal News Desk, everybody. We are underway here on the portal, and we're going to dive into some Paranormal Portal news. You and said underway, right? We are underway. Okay. Well, we're underway. All right. All right. So uh, we got the Paranormal Portal news ahead right now, and we are going to dive into a few articles of strangeness. Not a whole lot of strangeness, but there's some. Now, some of this may not be paranormal, but it's 
definitely not normal. Okay, here's here's one that kind of falls into line with tonight's theme oh. of the whole show, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that one for now first. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go to a UFO one first. Oh, okay. Let's go to a UFO oh, one. Oh my goodness. What? Just the headline. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I see what you're talking about now. I you'd find, you know, I opened this and I, and I I guess I thought I was opening something else, but woman claims to have been abducted 50 times, folks. Wow. 50, five zero times. Now, is that unbelievable? Maybe not because there's there's generational stories of abductions that and people have memories of being abducted since they were small children into adulthood so is 50 really a big number well maybe not it seems extreme though but but she remembers that and this is interesting so let's dive into this and see what's going on uh it says paula smith maintains that she has had several dozen close encounters with extraterrestrial visitors the 50 year old who hails from bradford england claims that she had her had had her first abduction experience when she was a little girl and has since been abducted by aliens more than 50 times. Mm. There's no warning, and I can't sense anything is going to happen, she said. It just happens. All I can do is carry on as normal, otherwise I'd go crazy. Yeah, I'll bet, right? Mm-hmm. Her experiences are typical of those who claim to have been abducted by aliens, with Smith being taken aboard some sort of technologically advanced spacecraft by gray entities with large eyes. Mm. On several occasions, she has woken up afterwards with strange bruises and marks. The first time I saw a craft was 1982, she said. I was in the womb, uh, the woods, not the womb. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't even know where the hell that came from. Open up and say, ah. Ah. Uh, yeah. And it was completely silent. Mm. The pathway became narrower, and I could hear my heart thumping. Um, okay. I, I don't understand. First time I saw a craft, I was in the woods. Oh, the woods. Yeah. I, I was still stuck on womb in my head for some reason. <laughs> I just, my mind just didn't shift gears at all. Oh, oh God, no. I'm getting old then. <laughs> ah, all right. You, you can't buy this kind of entertainment, folks. You just can't even, you can't even pay money for it. It's just, it's just a natural thing. All right, so... Um, the first time I saw the craft uh, that I already read, I, I recall looking into the darkness whilst my eyes adjusted, and I could see what looked like a boomerang shape with an extra arm on it. Each arm had a light at the end, and I recall three of the lights. One was blue and the other green, but I cannot recall the color of the other light. She recalled trying to run but found herself unable to do so. According to my family, I'd been missing uh, for four hours, but I have no recollection of what actually went on. She said, and ever since, the experience haven't stopped. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. Uh, you know, you got to feel bad if that's really what's going on. I mean, of course, here's the thing. Can you take these things at face value? I don't know. It's up to you. I mean, I, I kind of stumble on these things because it's, an, it's a sensational claim. Right. But is it possible? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, and then and then... What would that be like? That would be horrible. It'd be like you have no will. Um, you're under the complete and utter control of these other things, right. whatever the hell they are. Yeah, that would be disturbing. Yeah, it would, right? That is disturbing. So I don't know, folks, whatever you think of that. But if if that is indeed true, my heart goes out to the woman because, man, that's got to be a hell of a torture. Mm. Or an incredible journey. I don't know how she feels about it. She didn't really say either way. 
But it sounds like she just, well, yeah, we just got to carry on. So it sounds like she's at least in an okay place about it. But that's that story. Let's move on to the next one. And potentially the last one. It is the last one. This is the last one of our news tonight, and this is going to set the stage for us diving into some Bigfoot stuff, folks. Unexplained-mysteries.com has this article. Oregon. Or, or, Oregon. Where? Oregon. Where? Oregon. What's in Oregon? Oregon. I said Oregon. <laughs> you misheard me. Uh-huh. Oregon hiker films alleged Bigfoot in the woods. You're not even Oregonian, so why would you care? I Because I don't really care. It's just <laughs> okay. funny to me. All right. It's just my Midwestern it's palette. It's Midwestern thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right. So Oregon, Oregon hiker films alleged Bigfoot in the woods. Outdoor adventurer Mike Bodowitz has captured what he believes to be evidence of a real-life Bigfoot. Uh, he says the clip, which was filmed running on a laptop, laptop screen, which was filmed running on a laptop screen using another camera, okay, was recorded earlier this month and allegedly shows a large ape-like creature partially obscured by the foliage. According to Bodowitz, he had, he had caught sight of it while walking through a ravine. I saw it with my own eyes, he said. I didn't want to get any closer and to make it nervous or anything, but it's clearly keeping an eye on me, and I felt that I needed to back away and move further up the hill to give it some space. Unfortunately, however, this video, the video, which can be viewed below, is rather difficult to make out, and it does not appear as though the Bigfoot actually moves at all during the clip. The fact that it has been re recorded from another screen is also a bit of a red flag. While many of the comments on the video are understandably skeptical, one user described having a very similar experience with an unidentified creature. Saw one years ago, they wrote, and they are really fast, really fast. It took off up a steep hill like nothing I've ever seen. Wish I had more than, more than a flip phone then. But this is the conclusion of the news, folks. The news. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and let's get back to the rest of the show. <laughs> Thank you all for coming in as we are diving into our Bigfoot uh, episode here. We've got a lot of things to cover, lots of information about the Bigfoot, uh, some pretty cool articles, I, I think, anyway. But you'll have to be the judge of that. Um, no, there's no royalty in the chat. What? what are you people talking about? Royalty? What? Yeah, there's some West guy in the chat. They think he's royalty. <laughs> is he in here? Is he diving in? Oh, yeah. Welcome, Mr. Kermer. Good to see you. I hope you'll enjoy Kermer. the subject matter tonight. It's right up your alley. Good to see you. Let's get to some of this Bigfoot fun that we have building up. Sweet. Um, this first one is an article from Exemplar. Uh, Exemplar.com. And it's this newer site, but it's got some really great articles on there. And uh, I found a couple that we're going to go over tonight. And, and a bunch more after that. But... The first one tonight is um, is Bigfoot attacks. Does Bigfoot ever attack humans? Ooh. Now, I did look through this, uh, just glanced over this article a little bit before the show. And I think there was a video link that was included on this article originally, but is not there now. So possibly the, art the, the video got pulled for whatever reason. But um, let's check this out. And I'm not even, it's the guy who wrote it is named Cryptid. He goes by the name of Cryptid, but it's June 18th, 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, is Bigfoot dangerous? Starts out. 
We think of Bigfoot as gentle giant of the forest, the shy and reclusive man-ape who prefers to avoid confrontation with the humans. Uh, Bigfoot may be a little scary, but we figure he's not dangerous. Sure, he may harass the occasional camper or chuck a rock or two at the unwary hiker, but he probably has his reasons. The woods are Bigfoot's domain, and just like any other animal, or human for that matter, he has an interest in protecting his turf. Some of us may fear Bigfoot on a primate, prim, primitive level, rather, and others actively seek him out, but few people enter the woods having just received instructions from a friendly park ranger on how to avoid getting eaten by Bigfoot. It just doesn't happen, right? Well, as it turns out, there certainly is an anecdotal evidence that Bigfoot may act aggressively towards people and on occasion even attack. Consider the art- this article as food for thoughts, pun intended, uh, and for the next time you go for a walk in the woods. Oh, All right. Is Bigfoot an aggressive predator? Many of us think of Bigfoot as a big vegetarian. I don't know where people get that idea. I don't either. I think they're omnivorous. They just eat whatever the hell they, right. they get. Uh, like the moth, mountain gorilla, or giant panda, but the available array of year-round plants life in most areas considered Sasquatch habitat doesn't quite support this. Most researchers believe Bigfoot is omnivorous, and some think he is capable of taking down game as large as deer or elk. Yes. I, I wouldn't doubt it. They can take down trees. They can probably take down an elk. Uh, for Bigfoot to somehow overcome and subdue an elk, he would surely need to have an aggressive side. Even white-tailed deer are large, powerful creatures, and Bigfoot would need the skills of a predator to catch them. Another formidable predator known to stalk the Pacific Northwest comes to mind, the mountain lion. Mountain lions are large animals, but only a fraction of the size of a Sasquatch. Still, they can easily take, excuse me, take down a white-tailed deer. Oh. While rare, mountain lion attacks also occur on humans with devastating efficiency. Brown bears, too, are large omnivores that humans ought to give a wide berth. Mm-hmm. This presents a chilling question. If Bigfoot does indeed feed on deer and large mammals and other large predators who prey on large animals occasionally attack humans as prey, would Bigfoot attack people for the same reason? Uh, more likely reasons for a Bigfoot attacks? The idea of Bigfoot preying on humans is pretty far-fetched, and there's little anecdotal evidence to suggest that this is occurring, but there is one reason Big, Bigfoot may be aggressive towards humans, and we may see conflicts occur more often in the future. According to stories, there appears to be a strong possibility that at least... On some occasions, Bigfoot may be fiercely territorial. Another bipedal creature in its habitat may be seen as a threat, and if not attacked outright, at least warned off. There are accounts of Sasquatches throwing rocks or sticks and even knocking down small trees in an effort to frighten humans away. People usually get the hint and get out of the area, but what would happen if they didn't? If Bigfoot is really interested in protecting its turf, if he is the biggest, baddest critter in the forest... Might he on occasion attack a human being in order to assert his dominance? Silverback gorillas are known to chase careless researchers, and even chimpanzees can be extremely aggressive towards humans. Why not Bigfoot? Are the f- for, as the forests dwindle and humans continue to encroach on the Bigfoot territory, we'll see these, will we see these encounters increase? Good question. This is where I think there was a video, but there's nothing... Accounts of Bigfoot attacks on people. This article is intended to get you thinking, and we never hear about Bigfoot rampages on the news, but there are stories floating around 
where Bigfoot is alleged to have attacked human beings. Please remember these are only stories and Bigfoot is innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. In 1902 in Chesterfield, Ohio, a group of ice skaters were assaulted by a hairy eight-foot monster carrying a wooden stick. It is unknown how the people escaped, as Bigfoot is known for uh, as Bigfoot is known for his skating as well as puck handling skills. Wait, where's that? <laughs> in Thompson's Flat, Oregon, a Bigfoot supposedly scared off the town's inhabitants back in the 1800s. One man stayed and was later found dead, apparently having been bonked with a large rock. Bonked? I guess it says bonked, but uh, imagine <laughs> if it's a large rock on a man's head. He it's was it's more probably like a bonk. It was more like a squash, but well, he was, yeah, he was found dead. Yeah, he was found dead. <laughs> In 1924, a group of miners near Mount St. Helens, Washington, shot a Bigfoot only to have its buddies relentlessly attack their cabin with rocks and de debris throughout the following night. Apparently, beef jerky or no, there really is no messing with Sasquatch. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> you shoot one, what are you going to ask for? Yeah. In 1924, a Canadian named Albert Osman claims he was kidnapped by Bigfoot and taken back to the creature's family. After six days, he fired his rifle in the air and made an escape. Boy, is that a really poorly abridged version of that story, though. Uh, why he waited six days is anyone's guess. It says in the story. Yeah, it does. I mean, he was he was he didn't want to hurt him. He, he figured they didn't really want to hurt him either. That wasn't really an attack. That was really that's. I don't think that really belongs in here as a reference point. But that anyway, was science. Oh, this is the, the Bauman incident is next. Ah. Teddy Roosevelt himself, you know, the president, reportedly knew a man who claimed his trapping partner was killed by a Bigfoot somewhere deep in the woods. It may have been a tall tale, but it seems like Teddy believed it. If te uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Bigfoot story is one of the most intriguing anecdotes of Bigfoot lore. Again, that didn't happen until they shot at one that came up to their camp. Right. They shot at it first. And uh, then it decided to fight back, and it did behead the, or, or at least broke the neck of, of his uh, partner, according to the story. But it wasn't unprovoked. In the 1970s, a Bigfoot allegedly tore up a California campground and killed several people. This was kept quiet by the authorities until the story came out in a newsletter in the early 1990s. Oh, huh? I didn't know about that. I, I've not heard that one. I, I'm curious. There's no link, though. But if, if that story's out there and any of you know the story, please send me an email or, or tell me in, in the chat because I'd like to know what that story is. Do we really need to worry? Obviously, the stories uh, ab above range from completely ludicrous to believable, but admittedly unlikely. Some may be tall tales hatched decades ago and grown more interesting with time. Or these could be real events with more reasonable explanations than a marauding Bigfoot, bear attacks, woodland accidents, campfire stories, and a little nip of moonshine now and then go a long way towards explaining stories such as these. We also have to wonder how many Bigfoot encounters have gone undocumented over the years, particularly during the time when the North America was an unexplored wilderness. Well, I mean, there's many, many Native American uh, references to having battles and wars with these things. Uh, but they usually kept a peaceful accord between them. But they would take, they would take villagers and, and never come back. 
So uh, if you believe in Bigfoot, the possibility exists that the creature could be, could, uh, could be more aggressive than we realize. And as humans continue to encroach on its natural habitat, violent encounters could become more frequent. While it's unlikely that Bigfoot would prey on humans as a food source, it is certainly conceivable that he may decide to throw his weight around from time to time, like a bull moose. Bigfoot may not have it out for us, but if we get in his way, we may be asking for trouble. No doubt the woods are packed with more Bigfoot researchers than ever, and as we continue to crowd the creature we have to believe under the right circumstances, humans could be targets. People have spotted Bigfoot in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Maryland, and most other crowded eastern states. Other large carnivores in the forest, brown bear, cougars, wolves, and even black bear occasionally take advantage of our stupidity. Wild animals such as moose, elk, and even deer can pose great danger to humans if we get on the wrong side of them. Might Bigfoot be just as dangerous? Next time you take a walk in the woods, tread lightly and make sure you bring your Bigfoot repellent. Um, there you go. Uh, it's, you know, it's an okay article. I, I think his, many of his, uh, this list were really taken way out of context. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really interested about the 70s. Bigfoot allegedly tore up a California campground and killed several people. Now, there are old accounts coming from old newspapers, ladies and gentlemen, that um, people went on search parties for these wild men in the, in the forest, and, and they sometimes found them. And there are stories of, of the Bigfoot just almost casually like, popping the heads off of people you know, as they came in with their guns and trying to fight the thing. Uh, I don't know. It's anybody's guess, but I think, like anything, most people are not going to, you know, throw stuff at you and, and, and try to kill you. But if you push a person far enough, you might find out. I don't know. What do you think, Don? You know, I yeah, I agree. You know, if you back anything into a corner, any creature into a corner, it's going to fight. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Um, yeah, but whatever. Whatever. So do you think that they're, they're I mean, they don't go out of their way. I don't, no, I don't think they yeah. go out of the way. No, I think there's, exactly. there's some kind of something that, that triggers that event. Right. And like usually, shooting at them. Yeah. Usually if you shoot them, they, they tend to get really pissed about that. Yeah. So no, don't do that. That's not a good first step. Um, yeah, because they react real poorly after that. Um, can't blame them. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family.
right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. All right, let's go to the next one, folks. Um, here's another one. This is uh, an Animalian.com article, and this is, let me put it up, Researcher of Anomalous Phenomena Saw the Bigfoot with His Own Eyes. That's always great. It says, British researcher of anomalous phenomena, Andy McGrath, usually studies the phenomena of mysterious big cats or werewolves, but he did not believe that there were Yeti in his country until he met this creature with his own eyes. An unnamed British runner saw a, flat, a fat brown fur-covered creature approaching him and then fled back into the forest. It happened just 25 miles from London. Jesus, that's close. Uh, UK, in the wooded area of Box Hill, Surrey. According to eyewitness accounts, the creature resembled a hybrid of an ape with a man and was extremely muscular. Huh. And after a while, uh, the, an eyewitness shared this story with local researcher of anomalous phenomena, Andy McGrath. I guess that's Andy. Hi, Andy. According to McGrath, he used to think the idea of the existence of a Yeti in the UK was completely absurd. But he changed his mind when he saw it with his own eyes, a, a creature that scared a jogger. Andy McGrath said that after talking with the eyewitness, he arrived at the very place where the runner saw the shaggy creature and carefully examined everything there, there. And at first, he didn't notice anything strange, but at some point, he heard something hitting the tree trunk hard. The noise was loud and at the same time seemed from several directions from a distance. The noise stopped, but after 25 minutes, it was heard again, and now it was much closer. Then McGrath heard the sound of heavy footsteps, as if something was walking in the thicket, descending a gentle hill. When the creature was very close, he heard its heavy breathing and felt that he was being watched, and felt that it was being watched. I don't know. Okay. At the same time, he himself had not yet seen anything, although it was not yet dark. Then I turned back and immediately turned, turned over my right shoulder. And there, about 10 meters away from me, on the right side and a little higher on the steps, stood something that I sincerely consider to be something like a humanoid ape, says McGrath. The creature he saw was covered head to toe with brownish-gray fur, and its face was similar to that of a human but with a flat nose and a very large jaw. The top of the head was domed upward. And the creature stood on two legs, but it seemed to hang forward, and its arms were very long in proportion to the body. The animal was very densely built. I examined the strong muscles. I'm not sure how tall it was, at least two meters, but maybe more. He stood there and looked at me before turning and leaving. But even when he was gone, he looked, gone, he looked in my direction. Then I smelled a strong, stale smell that usually comes from farm animals. This smell persisted for, for a long time. Now, Andy McGrath is firmly convinced in the existence of the British Yeti, and according to him, it completely changes the rules of perception of the world and, and fauna. So there's the depiction of it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's quite a... Quite a isn't, isn't Andy McGrath the one who does um, Beasts of Britain? Maybe. I mean, it makes sense if it is. I, I'm not sure. I guess that's a good thing to Google, but... <laughs> Um, I don't know. He could very well be. I mean, he's a, obviously a researcher over there. 
but he actually had a face-to-face encounter. And this is, I think, really important because, you know, a lot of people do scoff at the idea of what are they looking for Bigfoot over there? There's no Bigfoot over there. But there's, they've got the legends going way back. Yeah. It is the same guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's, is he's, it the Beasts of Britain? Beasts with an S. Yeah, I said Beasts. Yeah. Beasts of Britain. Okay, there you go. But I, I think it's great to have a, an actual sighting claim like that by a researcher yeah. who wasn't even looking for it. But, I mean, he was after he interviewed the jogger. But uh, great article. That's very good. That comes from Animalian.com. You know, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't I don't think that there's very many places in the world that they couldn't exist. I mean, you never hear about it in like the Sahara Desert or stuff, but right. But other than that, they they seem to be in like Arizona and New Mexico and a lot of in Mexico itself. There's a lot of dry climates that you wouldn't usually as, uh, associate with the Sasquatch because primarily it seems like. They enjoy very arid, moist environment or moist environments with lots of rainfall, and near, being near a body of water. But sometimes they're sighted way out in weird places. Yeah. So I mean, it is possible. There's that, but let's continue. What this one? Oh, this is another one from Exemplar. I said I had a couple of articles, and this is the second one that I got tonight. Now here's I don't know. It's about that same author. It's the cryptid author again uh, from January 13th, 2021. This is a brand new one. Okay. And he's talking about what does Bigfoot eat? I think this one is interesting because I, I don't think there's anything Bigfoot doesn't eat. Like as far as it would, it could be insects. It could be um, berries. It could be fruit. It could be plants uh, that they eat. I believe they probably eat tender bark on like saplings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um that's just me, but I think I've heard that as well referenced from other other people that uh, have have uh, decided to speak on the subject. But I think they eat meat. I think they eat fish. I don't think there's anything they don't eat. What do you think, Don? I I, I agree. I think they're opportunivores. And opportunivores. They, I was yeah, trying to think of just, that word. They just yeah. you know what what goes in their mouth usually comes out the other end. <laughs> Chickens, um, deer, you know, yeah. elk, yeah. I agree. Um, even maybe, you know, bear. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. It would be but I, it wouldn't surprise me much. All right, so let's get to this article, folks. What does Bigfoot eat? Okay, well, let's like see what he says. Bigfoot is a huge creature, no doubt, requiring a great amount of food. So what does such a beast eat in order to survive? And is there really enough food in some places it is said to inhabit? This is one of the biggest hurdles skeptics face when considering whether the creature is real or not. In order for such a large animal to exist in places like North America, especially in some climates that experience extremely harsh winters, it stands to reason there must be an adequate food supply. Well, yeah, there's, what are they called, deer undulates, isn't that? Undulates, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's undulates all over in the, in the uh, winter regions. Um, without it, a Sasquatch or any other animal our large mammal would be doomed. So what is Bigfoot munching on out there in the woods? In this article, we'll take a look at the possible food sources that might be on the menu. And before we start, we must take into account a couple of different probabilities. One, since Bigfoot is allegedly seen in such a wide range of climates and habitats, the animal must be fairly adaptable. And if he was a specialist in any one kind of food, he likely would have gone extinct long ago. Therefore, he must be an omnivore who takes advantage of many different food sources. 
Number two, it is important to remember that even though Bigfoot is a very rare creature, there must be a breeding population in any given area. While nobody really knows the creature's range, we must consider that any ecosystem where it might live will need to support a population of the animals, possibly even a family group. In other words, Sasquatch can't just be scraping by on elk bones Mm -hmm. and old French fries found in dumpsters. There must be an abundant food supply for such a creature to thrive. Um, What do other apes eat? As good as any other theory, we can start out with the hypothesis that Bigfoot is a type of great ape. And therefore, we may survive on a similar foods as other great apes. Great apes are gorillas, orangutans, and uh, chimpanzees. Gorillas is the first on the list. They're, they're the most massive of the extinct great apes, and adult males can weigh up to 400 pounds. As big as they are, gorillas are only a fraction of the reported size of Sasquatch. Gorillas are almost entirely vegetarian, with the majority of their diet coming from leaves, shoots, and fruit. Orangutans. This, there are two major species of orangutan, and several subspecies all consume a tremendous amount of vegetation, supplemented with small animals, insects, eggs, and other foods they can scrounge. Interestingly, orangutans have been observed using primitive tools in the wild, uh, might give us a clue about how Bigfoot gets his grub. Chimps, too, are largely vegetarian and prefer fruit. However, among all great, great apes, they have the distinction of being the only real hunters. They will actually work together in a group to pursue prey, such as small monkeys in the treetops, and bring them in for food. The bonobo chimp follows a similar diet as the common chimp, and it too may consume small animals. Well, they ch- chimps also consume other chimps from other tr- family groups and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, they actually go to war. It's yeah. pretty pretty terrifying, I guess. But they'll they'll hunt uh, any other thing that they can kill. Uh, what a, baboons? They'll hunt and kill baboons. They'll kill other monkeys. Right. Yeah, I mean they're they're not. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a primary part of their diet, but it's at least a substantial part of their diet to eat meat. Humans. Yep. There's one more type of great ape out there, and that's us. Well, maybe not technically, but we are closely related, and there are some researchers who believe Sasquatch may be a type of primitive human. We know what we eat, but looking at our relatives. Above, we seem to be the exception. On the other hand, many nutritionists like to point out the uh, ideal diet humans is uh, that the ideal diet humans is based on lots of plant matter and a moderate amount of lean protein. It's not my diet. <laughs> lean? Why do they cut lean? Well, it's that old fat and green rendered fat. Yep. Smoke it on a Get me that lard. Give me that pork roast with that thick fat cat. All oh, just smoked smoked for hours. I'll, it's just I'll take it. Luscious. Okay. Is Bigfoot a vegetarian or an omnivore? Does this mean Bigfoot exists mostly on plant matter, like every other great ape in the world? All signs point to this as a likely scenario, but it presents a problem for the big guy, like those apes mentioned above, live in tropical or semi-tropical areas where fruit and plants are abundant year-round. True. Uh, well, it says available year-round. I said abundant, but anyway. However, in many of the areas where Bigfoot is said to exist, there simply isn't enough vegeta- vegetation throughout many of the months of the year, and that is where many skeptics draw the line and dismiss the issue out of hand. But let's not be too hasty. After all, many large herbivores, such as elk, deer, and moose do just fine in the colder climates of the North America. 
However, these are herding ruminants, uh, which with greatly different physiologies than we presume we'd find in a Sasquatch. So in order to survive the cold winters, Bigfoot would have needed to learn to consume different types of food. Again, to find a comparison, we're, we're barking up the human side of the family tree. <laughs> like humans, the creature must be very flexible in the types of food he is able to consume. <laughs> the reason humans have adapted to eating so many different types of food is that we have branched out to so many diverse areas of the planet. Or to put it another way, perhaps the reason uh, we've been able to branch out to the world is that we are so adaptable. Tribesmen in the Amazon may eat a diet with large amounts of fruit and plant matter, where the Inuit of the Arctic consume almost entirely fat and protein. Both populations are healthy and prosperous. If the Bigfoot species has expanded around the world much as humans have, might not he have evolved to subset, subsist on all kinds of different foods as well? Mm-hmm. Good points. Yeah, very good points. You want to hear what Wes has to say? Sure. He says, that's not true. The type 8 only eat at Golden Corral. <laughs> It's the only one of my knowledge that can stomach that type of food, but you can't beat the low, low prices. God, just leave it to Mr. Germer. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, he's, he, he's, he's, he adds flavor, that's for sure. He does. Especially when you talk about Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> hot sauce anyone <laughs> I was just thinking about it it's like he's a he's a pretty good satirist very satirical um that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah. okay everybody i think it's time we got to take a break so don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the paranormal portal podcast in just a couple minutes everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in (laughs) all right so how does bigfoot hunt he doesn't he goes to go and corral (laughs) it's already corralled (laughs) they corral it up in the in the all-you-can-eat buffets Uh, all right you've been here four hours (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright how does Bigfoot hunt this leads us to the conclusion that many researchers <laughs> and cryptozoologists already assume to be a fact Bigfoot must hunt uh, in the winter months certainly some sustenance can be found by scrounging in the bark of trees or for insects or digging up roots beneath the snow but it seems reasonable that For such a large creature to survive, it must be finding more abundant sources of calories. A deer is a large source of calories, so is an elk. Absolutely. So does Sasquatch actively hunt these animals. Well, humans would never have been able to spread to every corner of the globe if we had not evolved into hunters and gatherers, and the same is probably true for any other great ape. But where Bigfoot comes into the picture, things get a little confusing. Early humans hunted with spears and arrows and other pointy things, because we're slow. Um, how would an intelligent great ape get the job done? Uh, we've already seen that chimpanzees and bonobos hunt smaller mammals, and we know that chimps and orangutans use primitive tools. So does Sasquatch use tools for hunting? Uh, rocks. 
I think rocks. Uh, uh, clubs? I, well, maybe, yeah. As big and strong as the creature may be, it seems unlikely he could take down a 700-pound bull elk without some kind of tool or weapon. The idea of Bigfoot charging out of the brush like an NFL linebacker and tackling an elk is a really bizarre image uh, and hard to fathom as a, as a logical, effective hunting technique. Bears and big cats do it, but they're armed with shark claws and, and teeth, whereas an ape or human would be relying on brute power. And it seems equally strange that Sasquatch would pull a fish out of a stream with his bare hands. What? That's that happens. There's you know, tribe, that, that, tribal that, cultures that, that do it. That whole thing is just absurd because for the simple fact, yes, a big a Bigfoot may be anywhere from six to ten feet. It may be anywhere from, you know, you know, five hundred to fifteen hundred pounds <laughs> or more. Um, but that thing's gonna move pretty darn quick. And I don't think that it chasing down a deer or an elk. Mm-hmm. would be surprising at all. No. And what is he going to use? Well, he's going to use those big-ass hands he's got. He's going <laughs> to wring its damn neck. I mean, the, yeah. you know, the, the deer around here only weigh 150 pounds at best. Right. You know, so, yeah, he probably just snatched one out of the air like he's a linebacker. Well, and, the, you know, you talk about the, the speed. People people claim to have seen them running at 40, 45 miles an hour. Cindy, Cindy Gidbrake says she's had one pace her car at 45 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, and, and Jim uh, Jim King, um, yeah, the bear, yeah. he talked about the, I, I think it was the friend that he knew that was on a four-wheeler. Yeah. And, and he said it was about 40, 45 miles yeah. an hour. I mean, that's that's a lot of speed. You yeah. Know, considering we're lucky to hit 20. So I think that, you know, Bigfoot chasing down, if it's needed, it's going to happen. Well, sure. And then they intelligently hunt, too. They don't just, hey, there's a deer. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, they, yeah. I, I think they're they're intelligent enough to push and have... You know, choke points and, right. and ambush points, and yeah. and it's no problem, no problem at all. Uh, again, there was that story that we heard from uh, the the lady from Idaho that that's wrote the books on Sasquatch. Right, she Cook. told the story. Her last yeah, name is Cook. Yeah, last name is Cook, and she she told the story that was relayed to her, and she couldn't include it in her books, but I'll repeat it here for the sake of the show. But she heard it from an old native uh, guy that was about eighty years old. And he told a story of back in the like the fifties. He was out with a party of his friends, and they were hunting elk. And they they moved up into the mountain. This is in Idaho, and they they were in position, and they saw this herd of elk come down over the over the pass and come over the mountain and uh, across. And they were a bit away, uh, staked out with their rifles and stuff, just waiting to see what happened. And then they saw the big bull elk come down, and he came down. But there was a boulder in the, on the other side of the range that the other elk, uh, the elk went in front of, but the bull elk was just focused on that boulder. Right. Wouldn't move, just sat there snorting and pawing and stuff. And suddenly it charged behind, it charged behind the boulder. And the next thing they saw was a Sasquatch and this big bull elk squared off going at it. And they said it was, it was uh, quite an epic battle of, of strength, but... Suddenly, the Sasquatch grabbed the elk mm-hmm. by the antler, yep. lifted it up, and took its right hand and disemboweled the elk Yeah, with its right hand. Absolutely believe it. Yeah, well, with that kind of strength, hell yeah. yeah. I mean, my God. You know, that's if a gorilla is stronger than eight Olympic weightlifters, Psh. and that's the rating that they say is about eight Olympic weightlifters, that's what a, a male silverback gorilla is. 
this is something that's you know 16 or more <laughs> i mean this is superhuman strength right. by you know this superman kind of strength so I, it doesn't surprise me at all now she couldn't include that unfortunately because she couldn't corroborate it with anybody else because right. the rest of that party had since passed on and now that old man had passed on as well but he swore to it so uh, I don't know. I, I have no problem that uh, believing that they could kill. Not one at all. Oh, and then the next part of the story is after it disemboweled this thing and killed it, it ripped it in half with its hands yeah. and took the hindquarters and marched over the hill. I absolutely. And then the native hunters converged on that and, and harvested the rest of it because, you know, that was <laughs> they're not going to waste it. Right. But an incredible, incredible story. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, just it was left there for like a couple days. They just, you know, right. it was there. It's like, oh, hey. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, thanks, Bigfoot. Yeah, exactly. It's raining food. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anyway, let's continue this. It says, of course, we found no evidence of huge spears or arrows or bows or bazookas made from these tree trunks. So if Bigfoot is using tools, they're likely to be very primitive, such as rocks or logs. And remember, this is a creature reputed to use rocks and logs for making sounds for communication. It does not seem a uh, far stretch that Bigfoot may have learned to hunt game using tools. Gosh, this guy's brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, it's his perspective, and that's well, fine. Yeah, I mean. Um, how does this monster survive in the winter when there's very little plant matter to consume? It, obviously, it seems possible that he may hunt. Does Sasquatch eat the same food as humans? Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's walking through the drive through uh, can I get a double quarter pounder? Can I get a frosty with that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's 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 why I say yes because they talk about them digging through garbage cans in Detroit all the time in oh, Chicago. Right. Sure, you know. So yeah, people that have do. seen them on urban. I mean, meat areas. is meat. You know, mm, well, food is food. Well, food yeah. is food. Yeah, but yeah. ketchup's bad for you. Yeah. Although apparently they don't like bananas. It's just funny. <laughs> don't offer Bigfoot a banana. <laughs> don't offer him a banana. Guy. Likes apples. Not a big <laughs> fan of bananas. He likes plums. Yeah. <laughs> so many people often refer to Bigfoot as the North American ape, but what is? what if he is something else? For example, what if he's another species of human? Some people don't realize that we humans are only a last extent version uh, of the human genus left on this little planet. Right. Neanderthals are another example most people are familiar with, but... There are many others. Is it possible that this is an undiscovered human species? More primitive, but closer to us on a family tree than apes. This may explain a lot, though it's hard to believe this by some of the things that we do. As humans, our brains are our single biggest, great, biggest ass. I was trying to say biggest and greatest at the same time and ended up with that train wreck. <laughs> our single biggest asset. And the reason we have been so adaptive to so many different situations we can think and reason and figure things out. So how do we know they can't? And what habitats and climates change, we can adopt with, adapt with them. Perhaps the same is true for Bigfoot and his intelligent creature found all around the globe with the ability to find food it needs in any situation would thrive, as we humans have. But of course, this is only speculation. Yeah, absolutely. Human ape or something else entirely, without a live specimen or at least a body to study, there's no way to know where Bigfoot rests on the hominid family tree. Survival of a species. This is pretty long. All right. Sasquatch was known to the Native American tribes of North America well before European settlers arrived. And according to lore, it seems this creature has been around a long, long time. 
Many believe Bigfoot evolved from a creature called the Gig Gigantopithecus blocky, which may have followed early humans on their trek from Asia across the Bering land bridge to North America. And if that's true, then, like humans, Bigfoot would have needed to make some serious evolutionary changes to survive in this climate. Mm -hmm. Perhaps we have more in common with this big, hairy monster than we think. It seems likely that, like us, Bigfoot is an omnivore with the ability to use tools, at least on a primitive level. He must be able to take down prey, which contains enough calories to get him and his group through a tough winter. And he must be able to adapt to different circumstances when certain types of food become scarce. That's, of course, we can't really know what Bigfoot is eating out there in the woods, but it's apparent that the creature has succeeded in surviving just about every type of climate on our planet. The only other great ape to ever accomplish this such a task is us. And we're not even sure we're eating the right stuff at most of the time. That's true. In the end, the answer may be sim similar to the old joke about the 800-pound gorilla. What does Bigfoot eat? Anything it wants. That's, I, it is an interesting, you know, question. He did, yes. you know, I mean, I, I think it's beyond, I think it's, you know, it's, it's beyond discussing that he's an omnivore, mm -hmm. that he eats what he, what he eats, you know? I right. mean, because, you know, yeah, they were talking about, you know, how chimps use, you know, um, uh, tools because they'll dig out grubs with sticks and stuff like that and ants. Uh -huh. and, you know, so yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that Bigfoot would not eat meat or something like that, especially right. with him bringing up, you know, when he goes into winter, what does he eat? Well, they don't hibernate, do they? We don't know, <laughs> but they probably do stay in their, in their habitat, you know, sure. closer, but yeah, I mean, or maybe they go subterranean in the winter mm. and they eat fungi and, mm. and weird things. And I'm not a fungi. No. I'm a average guy. So we're in the Bigfoot, Bigfoot lane tonight, folks, and we got a lot more to go through. But let's go to the next one. Are you ready, Don? Sure. Here we go. This one comes out of Idaho, and this one's pretty cool. So this is the article from the IdahoStateJournal.com. Um, Logan, Utah it's from, it's from the Idaho Journal But it's from Logan, Utah, apparently <clears throat> uh, While Matthew Wentz is a believer He does have some skepticism about What he came across last month In the Bear River Range uh, When was this dated? July 23rd, 2020 Just, just a year, a year ago, ago. Yeah. Okay um, a, a large footprint he thinks, he thinks Could have been made by a Sasquatch Wentz is an avid outdoors person, and he hikes, hunts, and fly fishes often. In fact, he tries to get out in the mountains around, uh, how do you say this, Cache Valley? Yeah. Cache Valley? Okay. Two or three times a week. The 34-year-old valley, uh, valley native has had some interesting experiences in the wild. Another occurred on June 5th in the Mount Naomi wilderness, and he posted about it on a Facebook page called the Cache Valley is beautiful in early July and has many, and has had many responses, mostly positive. Most people think Sasquatch is a big uh, or Bigfoot is a joke. When said in a re recent interview with the Herald Journal, I have multiple friends that are older than me and that have seen stuff around here. They they are credible, but don't really want to talk about it. You know, someone that has seen something and it scares them, they don't really want to talk about it or to be ridiculed. A lot of people don't realize something like this could exist. Yes, Wentz does believe in Bigfoot or Sasquatch, the hairy, upright, walking, ape-like creature that dwells in the wilderness. No, he did not see one of these creatures on June 5th. However, 
the Logan resident didn't come across an impression that's hard to explain. He only found one print and took a photo of it, and while he believes in Bigfoot and wants to think this is a footprint of one, Wentz admits to not being 100% sure about what he found. I'm definitely, definitely skeptical of stuff like this, Wentz said. I really believe there is some t- uh, t- a tall being out there, but I have no idea what it is. It's hard to believe they, large Bigfoot creatures, would be around here because there are so many people and more going into the mountains these days compared to 30 or 40 years ago. People used to see stuff all the time. A lot of people can't comprehend it and don't want to acknowledge it. And I've lived here my whole life and gotten, all, and gotten out a lot, so I realize the possibilities of potential animals living in places you wouldn't expect. And there's a lot of room in the mountains. When you go out during the day, you usually don't see a lot of animals, and they are usually pretty shy. A lot of them are nocturnal. The few times Wentz has been out after dark, it gives him a different feeling that he doesn't like. A friend that sets up trail cams gets the most action between midnight and 5 a.m. But this large track Wentz found was on a bright sunny day, and he does not want to be specific with the exact location, but did say it was north of Green Canyon and Mount Elmer is in the area. He had hiked about four and a half miles and got off the trail he was on, checked out a ravine he had not noticed before, and snow was melting in the rocky terrain that he called pristine and nice. It makes you feel like you are somewhere else, Wentz said. I wish more people would see these areas and would have more respect for it. Mm-hmm. As he was walking in avoiding the runoff, an impression on the ground caught his attention for a brief moment. I walked past it and thought it was kind of weird looking, Wentz said. I didn't think much about it. I walked further up and looked around the area. And there was a, a snow runoff uh, that was causing some small waterfalls. After taking in the scenery, he started to go back the way he had hiked in, and this time the impression jumped out at him. Perceptions can be strange, Wentz said. When I was walking back and saw the track or impression, I looked it, it looked different from that angle, and I thought, wow, that's really weird. I was looking at the depth of it and how wide it was, and I thought, It was probably older because you can tell there were pebbles on it. And I'm guessing there was snow on the ground to make the impression because because the ground up there is pretty hard. You usually can't see tracks of the bigger animals. And right now, you won't see anything on hard ground, even if it weighs 1,000 pounds. Walking back down the trail, he stopped for a break and took a picture, took a look at the photos he had taken of the impression. And that's where he first noticed the the possible toe prints. The six foot three Wentz uh, explained that a mountain lion track is not much bigger than, a, than his palm. Uh, the black bear tracks he has seen are not any bigger than his hand. So that eliminates some of comments on Facebook post about it being a bear. I wear a size 12 shoe, and in comparison to that, this was no bear and would make a, pr- uh, a print that big. Wentz said, I have my doubts and I'm skeptical myself, but this is no bear. I've looked up bear tracks and even the largest grizzly bear This track is bigger. That track is 15 to 16 inch range, and this is pretty big. If you take a shoe size, it would be bigger than a size 20. The width was six or seven inches. It's possible the track uh, hit and spread out. It could have easily slid and exaggerated the the size if there was snow, but definitely is deep and put a pretty good dent in the ground, at least a half an inch down, and now it's dry. I'm pretty heavy, and I couldn't make an imprint like that with my backpack. I'm probably over 250 pounds, and I couldn't make an impression in that same ground. 
So it gives you an idea that this, if this was a true being, it was heavy. It would have to be 700 plus pound range. Wow. Mm -hmm. You would need something the size of old Ephraim to make the track like that. It's not possible, but very low chances. Having had some strange or scary encounters in the mountains and those sixth sense moments, none of that happened this time for Wentz. He is licensed and carries a firearm, but really didn't have any fear. I've had the feeling of being watched and being followed a couple times, but no idea what, Wentz said, and that's a horrible feeling when your sixth sense kicks in. But when I was up there, I didn't feel any danger. When you hike a lot, you become aware that there are possible animals watching you. Wentz said his father saw a Bigfoot in Arkansas 50 years ago. It scared him so much he would not go out hunting after, that, after dark ever again. He calls himself lucky not to have had such a scary experience that he doesn't want to talk about it. Wentz is aware of the television show Finding Bigfoot uh, that paid Cash Valley a visit a, a few years ago. He knows of people that have reported sightings in North Ogden, Logan Canyon, Franklin Basin, and Wellsville's. Sightings around here have gotten gone quiet for almost 20 years. The uh, Uinta Mountains have become a hotbed for uh, of late for reports of Bigfoot, according to Wentz. If such a creature is out there, it's been pushed to more remote areas, Wentz said. Native Americans have been talking about Sasquatch for hundreds of years. It's not a joke. There is something out there. Mm-hmm. I agree. So there you have it. There you have that. So that comes out of Utah. And then there's lots of reports out of Utah, of course. Right. Um, The rock throwing video uh, that was captured by some guys in a car park is from Utah. And it shows this Sasquatch kind of descend and squatting and then it grabs a a rock and it kind of like sidearms it. Right. It doesn't like throw it like a like a pitcher or a football kind quarterback. Of sidearm yeah, it's kind of like a, almost like a discus throw. Yeah. Well, that's how that's how that's well. Speaking of gorillas, that's how gorillas throw. Sure. It's kind of. Yeah, they just kind of with <laughs> and with all that raw power, it just. <laughs> and apparently, the Sasquatch are incredibly accurate too. Like, yeah. <laughs> even at that, like they can just wing it and probably take the head off a rooster or something. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.